Thanks for tuning in to My Wife Hates Sports. My name's Lyric. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other places you listen. Also follow us on Instagram at mywifehatesports underscore to get updates on new episodes. Chargers fans, welcome back to My Wife Hates Sports. We got Detloff here with us today. Jordan, what was your favorite game from Wildcard Weekend? I definitely, honestly, I gotta say Redskins Tampa Bay Heineke. That guy's got me on the Heineke train. <laughs> uh, he's got me hyped up. I love the way he's moving, dunking. It's yeah. got me every time he's on the field, he's got me yelling, Heineke! <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. He was pretty fun to watch. Um, the Ravens logo, I think it comes back. Um, football all the way, you know, full circle. I love that. And, um, God, I got to say the Browns coming back and with them on the Steelers because that was sweet. I just, I, you know how I knew that was going to happen? The minute Juju said the Browns are still the Browns, yep. so I was like, that's not, that's, that's not good. Yeah, so I was picking – the lines for it and I was like the Browns could win this like I think they'll for sure at least cover and then when mm-hmm. I saw their head coach was out because COVID I was like oh no chance they're gonna get the doors blown off and then Juju said that and I was like back on the Browns they're coming back now <laughs> yeah exactly I actually had a nice parlay going with uh the Browns uh Spurs and Warriors it was 50 to pay out like a good amount like almost I want to say like 600 something like that yeah and the Spurs lost in the last second and Uh, I was so bummed I was like that's pretty spicy crossing sports like that in a parlay all right well we got a lot of Chargers news obviously we let go of Anthony Lynn this last week finished out the season 4-0 which is nice but there's just too much there Um, I think the main reasons for letting him go honestly you could probably we lost nine games this year and I think at least six of them you could attribute solely to his mistakes. Is that fair? I would say so. I mean, I think even in not that instance, just not putting the tempo up or being that type of coach that we needed to put on the pedal, and especially with a rookie quarterback who hasn't been in, you know, the most NFL situations, he's new to this. So you need to show him, like, this is the time that it's yours. Take over get that. But he had a more like, okay, what's going on? Do we send the field goal unit out? Do we not? Like, yeah. Stuff like that. Lots of that. It really. And he's your leader. So you look back to him at your head coach and you're like, man, that's the guy leading our home. Yeah. So I put together the top five Anthony Lynn moments as his uh, time being the coach of the Chargers. Just a nice little care package to send him out the door with. So number five, I got the Nathan Peterman mm-hmm. game. Five interceptions in that blowout against Buffalo. <laughs> we got the blowout win versus the Packers. That was in LA, I believe, and there was tons of Packers fans in in uh, StubHub in the soccer yeah. stadium, and we just blew them out. That was a great one. And then these last three were really easily the top three. We had the comeback win against the Steelers in prime time in Pittsburgh. Derwin James had that interception, picked off Big Ben that game. That was an awesome one. And then the last two. Wild card win against the Ravens. The Ravens beat us earlier in the year, I believe like week 14, um, which set us back. We could have clinched the number one seed, had a first round bye, but instead we had to play the Ravens again. 
in the wild card weekend, we beat them. And then the number one game easily was the win against the Chiefs on primetime. Mike Williams' two-point conversion fade for the win. That was one of the best moments I've ever had. Because I was actually working at Slater's 50-50 as a bar back at the time. Uh-huh. And so we invited a whole Chargers fan club to come in no and host way. the game at Slater's 50-50. So imagine me trying to work with the craziness. And my manager at the time, I think he just understood. Because like all I did was wear Chargers t-shirts, beanies, everything and work when I wasn't wearing you know, working for him. So I'm sitting there going crazy, man. And just for the first time to be in a building, I had like lit, almost 100 Chargers fans jumping with me, screaming <laughs> at the TV. And like that. that was an unbelievable moment, man. I have lived that. That was for sure one of the peak moments I've had as a Chargers fan. Yeah, for sure Anthony's best moment. We were talking earlier before about how I'm not super emotional when I watch sports, but that was the one game where I lost my mind. Yeah. That one was by far the best. <laughs> I hope so, man. I'd be I'd be a little worried about using Carter man if he didn't lose it right there, man. Yeah, if I just didn't care. You gotta like, get hit with that bolt of electricity win. in that moment. Yeah. That's chill, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice catch, Mike. All right. Other news. Gus Bradley joins the Raiders as defensive coordinator. So Raiders fans are happy about it. It has to be an upgrade from their last guy. Their defense has been awful, so it's an upgrade for them, but I don't think we're super upset to see him go. I think we're we're kind of fine with it, right? Well, for me, I mean, I've literally you can pull up my tweets from like the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Gus Bradley Bradley was almost kind of fraudulent because they <laughs> had him for that whole Legion of Boom defense. Yeah, and then he hasn't really been the same. Almost, you know, he hasn't had the top ranking. I think it's been like twelfth and below or something like that. So it's like, it's been up there, not up there, up there, not up there. You know, a lot of the times we get bit in the back by defense. Yeah. Defensive plays and missed tackles and stuff like that. So I, we're going to get into it later. But again, that's why for me, I really want a defensive coordinator coming into our head coach position. Ooh, I want someone, someone savage. Yeah. The, the few Raiders fans, friends that I have. They're all stoked about it, and they're like, oh, this was the guy that started the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Like, he's going to be killer for us. I'm like, yeah, I fell for that too, okay? He, I don't That's think... exactly what I was going to say. He got me on that one too. Yeah. Trust me, dude. I don't think he's the mastermind behind it. People forget that they had Pete Carroll as the head coach, who's a defensive genius as mm-hmm. well. So, And we, on defense, we had tons of talent. Like, in his time here, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, Joey Bosa. Like, we've had Melvin Ingram. We've had plenty of talent on the defense. Yeah. The the bummer thing is that I think a lot of Chargers fans are a little bit upset about is he took members of the staff with him that I think were good for us. Um, defensive back coach Ron Miles, who a lot of players liked, Chris Harris said it was one of the reasons that he decided to come to the Chargers. So I think he has good respect around the league. He also took linebackers coach Richard Smith with him to the Raiders as well. I just always hate that move to where you go for an interconference rival. It always yeah, seems no, to happen. Like Melvin Gordon dinners. goes to Denver, it kind of seems to be a trend. Chris Harris Jr. comes to the Chargers. I think, I don't know if it's so much like the revenge, like beef situation that they mm. have, or just that they're comfortable with the opponents already. It's like I've already been familiar with this team. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a good take too, because you, you know you're still facing the same opponents, and better yet, you know how your team works best. Right. But 
I I mean I know for Melvin there is the revenge factor in it. But yeah, he said that. Well, whatever it was, I'm glad we got it. You know, Rockstar X. And you can tell with the mic'd up that Chris Harris Jr. had when we played the Broncos, he was chirping at that sideline the whole game. Like you could tell he still had some beef there. So. Oh, you could tell he was feeling the energy, like he wanted it, and I I'm, I was hyped for him, man. Like, yeah. I just like I felt like that was a big moment for him too, to where he felt more closer to the defense yep for sure in other news the seahawks fired their offensive coordinator brian schottenheimer and it's reported that they're interested in shane steichen or pep hamilton to replace him as their offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. which i'm not happy about i i think pep hamilton is a guy that's he probably has the highest approval rating of anyone on the coaching staff for all the fans you know we all love pep hamilton because of what he did to help justin herbert this year um, Steichen as well, but I think if we had to pick one or the other, I think every vote is going to keep Pep Hamilton. My vote obviously goes to Pep Hamilton. I want him <laughs> to stay. I like you nailed it on the dot. But my thing is also look at it like this. So Lynn's gone, Gus Bradley's gone, Shane Steichen might be gone, and uh Pep. I mean that sounds like and, and you said um what is it, the linebackers coach and the and secondary uh, coach. cornerbacks coach. Yeah. So what does that sound like to you? That sounds like a staff loaded off almost. Yeah. Which who wants to bring in their staff? <laughs> Urban Meyer. Come on. Playing just not checkers. Uh, that's just one thing to think about now on top. But like we are loading off a whole staff, so there's that opportunity for that that could possibly happen. That's that's something to think about. But I think it's going to be uh, a lot different team next year. Um, but that's going to be challenging also, I think, to Herbert. So he's got to learn and adjust to the new system. But I personally think that as an athlete, he's going to adjust. He's going to make anything happen. And uh, I'm ready for bolting up 2021. Yeah, I think he's had plenty of experience hopping with different systems through his time at Oregon and coming into the NFL. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he picked it up pretty quick. Last bit of news before we get to the head coaching candidates, the Eagles. Um, parted ways with Doug Peterson. Apparently, there is some uh, heated conversation that we'll talk about a little bit later, but uh, Peterson has also entered the chat of head coaching candidates around the league. So that's something to consider as well. Well, I hope we don't consider him. <laughs> I hope we don't as well, but he's, I think he's going to fill one of the spots. You think so? Uh, he's got Super Bowl under his belt. There's no way you can't hire that guy. Yeah, as a head coach, too. I think the last couple of years we've seen how much of an influence Frank Reich probably had on that Eagles offense, which I think a lot of their success can be attributed to that, and there's rumors that Carson Wentz might end up on the Colts to pair back up with him if our boy Phil decides to hang him up. But I also heard the rumor that, um, uh, was it, Carson Wentz's relationship with the Eagles is stabilizing better now that Peterson has been fired. Oh, really? He's happy which about is that? Interesting. Yeah, I guess it must have been, like, a real beef between... And it, when you think about it, too, like, Wentz never really had that relationship during that Super Bowl run because he played those yeah. first games, and he was playing... He was killing it. He was playing well, I remember, because he played the Chargers, and if you remember, they came to that game-winning drive, and all we had to do was stop him once. And yep. Carson Wentz was firing on all cylinders. And then he got hurt, and then the rest is Nick Foles. That's the, you know, Nick Foles story. You look outside the stat, uh, stadium, it's a statue of Nick Foles and Peterson. Mm-hmm. So it's it's never with Wentz and 
I think there was never that connecting relationship. You and know? then he so, ended up going to Jalen Hurts, which uh, didn't help. You got the side eyes going on on the sidelines. So mm-hmm. fractured exactly. relationship for sure. All right. So with the Chargers, I think there's, I would say there's eight to 10 candidates that we have. I know we've, Tom Telesco has been pretty um, private about leaking the information mm-hmm. of who we've interviewed. He doesn't really want to give all the, the deets out, which is fine, whatever. I don't, I don't really care that much. I mean, information leaks out either way. Like we kind of know who the guys yeah. are at this point. So let's go through the guys. Uh, Jordan, you said that you're leaning more on defense. So let's talk about Robert Sala first. 49ers defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He was also on the Seahawks staff when they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. So Charger fans are going to say this is the Legion of Boom guy. <laughs> it's going to happen all over again. But he's also interviewed with the Falcons, Lions, Jags, and Jets. What do you think about Robert Sala? One of my top candidates. Like if we hired him, I would not be upset at all. Yeah. I think we need a culture change. I think he's really kind of that in-your-face like Bill Cowher ass guy, I've always wanted that type of guy to just let's hammer it, let's get to the point. Because we've always kind of been like the, you know, we'll play good, we'll be in there, but you know, we're a team, let's pep it up. No, I want someone screaming like, let's get the job done every way, every day. Let's show up to work, let's put in the work, and let's do this. Yeah. And there was a lot of injuries to the 49ers this year to their defense. They didn't make the playoffs, but they still held. And in a couple games, they played really, really well. And they leaned on the defense because they didn't have, they had bad, bad quarterback play. Yeah. This year from, from, you know, so it's like a lot of those wins were held from the defense. And that's from Salah. Yeah. Like, you know, that guy holding it down. Yeah. So he's from Detroit and the Lions. Um, There's like some, I don't know if it was the governor, or like some state, you know, politicians sent the Detroit Lions a letter. You probably saw it on social media, but they sent the Lions a letter telling them to highly consider Robert Sala for the next head coach of the Lions. So he might be the favorite there because he has the ties there. I think the city and the state really want him there. Um, But we'll see. Robert Sala is one of the candidates. I think we've already had an interview with him. Honestly, I'm like as a non-biased football fan, that sounds like a, a really, really nice fit for Sala. I could just see him too. He looks like that Detroit head. <laughs> Me mugging, screaming at people. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Eric Bieniemy. He's the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, former Chargers running back. He's not the play caller in Kansas City, but he's obviously done a great job with that offense. Has a Super Bowl under his belt. He's also interviewed with the Falcons, Lions, Jags, and Jets, and likely soon to interview with the Texans. Your thoughts on Bieniemy? I love the guy. Um, I think that's someone who we just want the creativity in his head and, you know, improving our play from our quarterback and his knowledge and just like having what he's had with Mahomes and being able to take that and apply that to Herbert, who's literally, I mean, when we think about stats and next generation, it's like Mahomes, Herbert. Well, my eyes, I'm not being a little biased, but, you know, (laughs) I think think like, you know, so we're going to come that way. It's like we want that guy to be like, yo, listen, um, Pat Mahomes is doing this, you know, all this work and stuff like that and some stuff that helped him do this. And, you know, and being able to drop that on Herbert is just because the guy, like what he does well best is being able to learn. He takes it, and I think, knowledge so good and on the chest. Even with how well he was playing each time, he just wanted more uh, knowledge to come in. So, 
Yeah, I think that you said you lean more defense. I think I lean more offense um, for the head coaching position, at least because I think it's like you said, Herbert mm-hmm. is able to take in that knowledge, and I think he needs someone to challenge him and to push him to reach those next levels, which I don't think Anthony Lynn was able to do that. Um, he wasn't able to help Herbert reach his ceiling. So I think an offensive coach would be a better fit for us. I'd be more pleased with offense, uh, just giving mm-hmm. someone to challenge Herbert, take him to that next level. Which brings us to our next candidate, Brian Dable. So he's the Bills offensive coordinator. He's been coaching in the NFL for over 20 years now. Um, he's done a great job with the progression of Josh Allen. He turned him into an MVP candidate when a lot of people thought he was going to be a bust. Who Josh Allen has a similar build to Herbert. You know, similar athleticism, arm strength, size, mobility. He does have a connection with Tom Telesco from their early years. I think they went to high school together. Um, Dable has the winning culture thing. Um, he's won five Super Bowls as a member of the staff in New England. Also has a national championship at Alabama. They had the playoff win against the Colts this last week. I was looking for him this week, and I think he's up in the booth every game. I would have liked to see him on the sideline to see how he interacts with the players, but he's calling stuff up from the booth. Um, Jets were the only other team to interview him, and that could be a good or bad thing. It could be a good thing that other teams just figure that he's the favorite for the Chargers job since he has the connection with Tom Telesco, or it could Mm -hmm. be a bad thing if the only other team that wants to interview with this guy is the Jets. I want to honestly lean more towards your first uh, comment. Yeah. That it's like as much as I want Sala, the enemy, I, I think Dabble's a good fit, yeah. uh, especially with the winning culture and what he. My main thing that really like just drags me in, Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen's play this year was so great. And Josh Allen's build is similar to Herbert. I think Herbert has definitely better arm. Oh, uh, well. You know, Allen can throw deep. I think Allen can probably throw it further, but uh, Herbert probably has more accuracy. More more accuracy is what I want to say behind it. So I think just being able to, uh, again, like the situation with the enemy, but I think it's more like knowing your quarterback better and having a better relationship, you know, with Dabble could have with with, um, Herbert. And I think it'll mesh well. Just, again, like you said, the winning culture, which we need established. So it's anybody, as long as we can get that winning culture sure. into, you know, what we are trying to do. Because that's, that's our last piece, right? We've got the talent. We just need to, you know, fix that line. Yep. If you're listening, Chargers, I need the offensive line fixed. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, we just got to stay healthy and, you know, get the right coach. And we're there. Yep. I really believe we'll be in the Super Bowl. For sure. Okay, the next candidate is Joe Brady. This is another guy I think that can challenge Herbert mentally. I think he's a smart, young, innovative coach. He's the Panthers' current offensive coordinator, but he's had a lot of success in the past with LSU's passing game with Joe Burrow, obviously put together the greatest uh, college football quarterback season of all time. He's also worked on the Saints' offensive staff in 2017 and 2018. He's a pretty young guy. He's only 31 years old, and he's also interviewed with the Falcons, Texans, and Jets. I think Joe Brady is your 50-50 ball. This yeah. is the big, big 50 ball. I can definitely see us going with Joe Brady. I don't know how I'd feel about it. Um, I feel like younger coaches are the moves, especially seeing uh, the success the Packers have had with the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. That's yep. just like one thing to look about. And McVeigh. Uh, 
and yeah, McVay as well. So, uh, and he has an excellent relationship with Goff, and I feel like that helps improve his play. So maybe they're looking towards you know something in that manner of being able to you know let's get a young guy in here who, who kind of can you know mesh with our quarterback, get along good, be you know kind of buddies, but on that you know yeah same level as them. But I I feel like it can also go very 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 bad. It could because. You know, just again, young guy doesn't have the experience in the NFL as a head coach at yep. all. So, and the NFL is different. It's built for tough. Yeah, I've watched. It's built for tough. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched. Uh, I've tried to watch press conferences with each of these candidates to try to figure out just what their personality is like, um, just kind of get a feel for each of them. And Joe Brady seems like a really personable guy. Seems like a really mm-hmm. nice guy. But I do get the feel that he might have a hard time like rallying the troops, you know, and I think that's one thing Anthony Lynn mm-hmm. was good at, but he didn't have as much of the execution side. I think Joe Brady has all the execution, uh, pen to paper, smart side of it. I don't know if he's got the hoorah, rally the troops side to him. Hoorah! <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking almost the same same type of thing to where like I don't know if he's got the like, all right, guys, let's do this. Because yeah. if you just like, when you look at like, somebody you can tell like urban meyer you know that man's gonna get in your grill robert sala you know he's gonna grow for sure i feel like brian dabble the beard bald guys with beards man you know they're always yelling <laughs> don't mess and that goes the same <laughs> they're the always enemy, yelling <laughs> and they're always if you got a bald guy with a beard man look out he's gonna scream at you and he'll scream <laughs> loud and joe brady just i see still has some hair on the top of his head i can see it right there yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit there yeah. All right. Um, Arthur Smith, Titans offensive coordinator. You're already out on him. All right. A little bit on Arthur Smith. He runs the Shanahan system that he learned from Matt LaFleur, actually, which is not a power run game. He just so happens to have Derrick Henry as his running back. But I was listening to a podcast, a Chris Collinsworth podcast, where he had Richard Sherman and Devontae Adams on it. Um, the system that Matt LaFleur runs in Green Bay is all about timing with Aaron Rodgers and his receivers. So Devontae is a great route runner, but everything that he does is almost pre-planned and pre-timed so that Aaron knows what he's going to do. He knows where his breaks are going to be. They, they're they perfectly in sync on their timing. Um, Devontae mentioned that other systems and other receivers, and he mentioned Keenan Allen as a receiver who plays in a system who has a lot of flexibility with his routes, who can do different things on the fly break his routes off at different times and timing isn't as big of an issue um, or is it's not as much of the, as an emphasis with what the Chargers have been mm-hmm. running with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. That's why we see Justin Herbert fading back sometimes waiting for Keenan to, to make his break, which works out. You know, Keenan's always open. Um, <laughs> he's got a blank. Keenan is one of the receivers that has a blank canvas um, to work with. So, if Arthur Smith came in, I think we would see some different things with that offensive system, which I'm not sure how high I would be on that. I don't know with other guys like Bienemy and Brian Dable. I think they probably have more leeway and more creativity with their offense than yeah. maybe Arthur Smith has. I'm going down the same lane again. Uh, I just don't think Arthur Smith, especially seeing from that Ravens Titan game, like yep, he only had 13 you... points in a wild card loss. And the Ravens only scored 20 points, so it was a pretty winnable game, and they just couldn't get it done. Yeah. And what I love that Tom Telesco did was I, I 
heard him earlier in an interview about talking about with head coaches and interviewing, and you said he's completely fine with waiting, you know, for the Super Bowl to finish, you know, yeah. see who gets there, who handles what moments and how he wants to go. And that's what you really should. Because what we're looking for isn't, you know, who's going to get us to the playoffs. Who's going to help us win in the playoffs? Who's going to help us get it done? That's the most important factor coming into it. And, I mean, he just doesn't give me off that vibe, the demeanor, or just, like, I I just never was a fan of really the Titans' offense. I knew that end of the game drive, too, even though I'm pretty sure that ball was tipped from Tannehill. You know, I just, I I had a feeling, I was like, this is going to be a pick. It just wasn't, the Titans didn't have that offense of creativity that really, like, wowed me. Like, when we played the Bills, I was like, dude, I, these guys are mixing it up, yeah. you know? They're yeah. mixing match, and it was an exciting game. I, like, I, I liked what the Bills did. I really – I was never a guy who liked the Bills, too. You know, you just see teams, you just like, I don't like that team. <laughs> Didn't really like the Bills. It was just ugly yeah. colors and stuff like that. They really wowed me, made me into a fan, and I love what they're doing with Josh Allen over there. Yep, and I think Enemy has the same thing going in Kansas City with that creativity. Mm. Um Arthur Smith is also interviewed with the Jets, Falcons, Jags, and Lions. A lot of the same teams here. All right, next guy we have up is Brandon Staley, Rams defensive coordinator. Um, obviously, he has a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Um, but the other guys have also played really well. Donald went out with an injury during this last game, but the defense kept up the pressure well. He learned defense under Vic Fangio, who is the current Broncos coach. But Staley was also a quarterback in college, so he seems to be more well-balanced. Um, did a great job in that win over Seattle this last weekend, and he's also interviewed mm-hmm. with the Jets. Now, I can see the Chargers going this way in a surprise move. Again, I think it's one of those 50-50 moves uh, against me, but he has shown that, I mean, the defense for the Rams would play great. Again, they, they do have great players over there. Hmm. Again, with Ramsey, Donald. Uh, we got, got some Brock similar guys, one. though. We got some similar guys so, in Bosa and I mean, Derwin James. And I feel like every week you play the Rams, it's almost like you're like, oh, I know this is going to be a tough game. Yeah. Um. So I I wouldn't be completely upset. I would definitely I rank him, honestly, in my opinion, over Joe Brady. Hmm. So, uh, that'll be your, like, out of the blue where you, like, wake up one morning and you hear he's higher than you're, like, a little shocked. Yeah. Brandon Staley? Like, I wasn't... Yep. Another guy that would give me that same shock factor is Matt Eberflus, who's the Colts defensive coordinator. Wildcard weekend loss isn't great for a head coaching case, especially when you're not one of the favorites going into it. He declined an interview with the Texans, um, but he might interview now that they've been eliminated. He's also interviewed with the Jets. I feel similarly about Staley and Eberflus. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Brandon Staley, but they're kind of in the same mm-hmm. boat for me. Same lane. Uh, I mean, I'd rather honestly not have Eberflus. Even though, I mean, the Colts' defense, they, they they play well, but I saw a lot of inconsistencies yeah. throughout the the year, and I feel like that's, again, like we talk about it all, over, all the time, one of our problems is we play the competition and we play inconsistent. So the that's Colts not something well. we need. You know, that's not something we need driven into our team. We need right. someone who's like, all right, stick the backs up, let's play. So, um, I think I might. I definitely take Joe Brady over Eberflus. He might be. Okay. No, you know for sure. Bottom is Jason Garrett. Like, <laughs> he's not even like I want him off the list. I'll cut his name. Yeah. So our last three here are all the big names. 
Jason Garrett. We know who this guy is. He's the, I think yeah. he's, he's the only former head coach that we've interviewed so far. But sometimes people just need a second chance. They can see what they did wrong with their previous stop. They have time to think it over and then come back and redo it in a better way. He also had a crazy owner in Dallas with Jerry Jones. And the Giants really don't want to lose him, which I think is a good sign, I guess, if you don't want to lose one of your coordinators so bad. I'd rather not. <laughs> Still, with all yeah. that, I'd rather not. I just put it like um, some guys are really good as coaches, not head coaches, coaches. Yeah. And sometimes that's just the way it works. Um, I think just the fit wouldn't be well in the way of the Chargers and Cowboys, how they perform are very similar. And I hate to say it, yep. but like it's you're just always playing a competition. You you almost have high expectations and you always fall below. Always and high when expectations. You, and when you do exceed them and you come into the playoffs, it's almost the first or second round exit. So it's just yep. like, I, I don't think we need to put another person like that into a similar situation. And uh, yeah, that guy's bottom of my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is Urban Meyer. You mentioned him earlier. There's reported mutual interest between the Chargers and Urban Meyer. No details of an actual interview have been leaked. He did have an interview with Jacksonville and is reportedly gathering a coaching staff for that fit. So yeah. he might have his eyes on Trevor Lawrence, and he has the connection in Florida, obviously, coaching there previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a high possibility that he ends up at Jacksonville. But he's still uh, he's out there. Uh, I would love Urban Meyer. Honestly, it would not. He's for sure up there. That'd be super exciting. I think he's going to Jacksonville. Um, that would just be my bet. I heard he's meeting with uh, Sad Khan, yeah. the owner of the Jaguars on boats and having, you know, bringing meetings and stuff yeah. like that. So that just sounds like somewhere where you're trying to just get the number right yeah. and figure out what you want to do and who he wants to bring in. And so I think Khan's just trying to play, you know, the difference of, you know, keeping control of how he wants things and not giving the coach too much power. Yeah. Because, I mean, they do have a chance for a bright, bright uh, future with Lawrence coming in. Right, for so, sure. Yeah, but, he's probably on the boat. Urban's asking for $12 million. He's probably like, I'll give you $8 million, but I'll throw in the boat. Mm-hmm. So. I'll throw in the boat. You can take <laughs> it out every Sunday. I'll let you go fishing after wins. <laughs> <laughs> the last uh, name to just mention here is Doug Peterson. According to reports, there was a heated disagreement between Peterson and the Eagles, and Peterson didn't seem to want to come in agreement with upper management, so they fired him, and he seemed to be kind of okay with that. I think he has his eyes set on the Jets or the Jaguars if Urban Meyer decides he doesn't want to be a coach in the NFL. Um, I can definitely see the Jets. Uh, going in that situation just because uh, you know they're like oh you know he's a Super Bowl champion that's what we need and then it just turns into a dumpster fire again because they're the New York Jets and that's what they do best but um, I I don't really see that as a situation as we should step into just because again a little bit toxic of an ending and I get what you said like coaches deserve second chances and I think if anyone does it's that guy because he, he was a Super Bowl champion, had great coaching, but you got to give that time, let the band, you know, let the wound heal before you jump in. You know, it's like for sure. If you, you it's like a, a quick rebound. 
doggy that passed, you're not going to grab a dog the next day. Like, it's all good. (laughs) That's going to hurt. I thought you were going more for, like, a relationship. Like, if your girlfriend breaks up with you, probably not a good sign to get a girlfriend the next day. We're not trying to bring back memories, man. Come on, I'm trying to stay cool on the show today. Uh, <laughs> the wound is still still open. It hurts, man. Go out there, see what's out. We can go back to the relationship lyric. Okay, <laughs> go see what's out there, man. Find out what's out there for you first. Dabble in some other stuff. And then when you're ready and you feel confident and better, yeah. come back and, you know, do your thing and you deserve a second chance. But um, if I had to rank mine... I'd probably go number one, Dabble, two, Salah, three, Urban Meyer, four, B Enemy, and probably five would be um what's his name? Staley. Um, Brandon Staley, yeah. And then Joe Brady. Joe Brady for sure. Yeah, man, you got my list down. Alright. Here's my predictions for each of the head coaching openings. Ready. Here it is. I think Jets are gonna end up with Doug Peterson. Okay. I, I think agree. Jags are going to end up with Urban Meyer. If Urban Meyer, if Urban Meyer can't coach, and Doug Peterson goes to the Jets, then I think Raheem Morris steps in with the Jags. I think mm-hmm. he's the only other guy they've interviewed. Oh no, they've interviewed a few, but I think he was one of their favorites. Eagles. I think the Eagles are at a huge disadvantage here because they missed out on the first round of interviews, so they're hopping in the game late, and I think they're going to end up with one of the middle tier to bottom tier coaches. I think Arthur Smith mm-hmm. ends up with the Eagles. That I, That's accurate. I like that one. Lions, I think the ties with Sala are enough to lock that deal down. I think he's going to try to be the hometown hero, come back and get that franchise back on track or at least try his best. I think they probably move off Matthew Stafford, just get a fresh start. And I think Sala's the guy to do that, establish a good good culture there. You got me on the same one. I think it's more if they've been offensive with Stafford, try to flip it around, make a defensive culture in Detroit, be Detroit tough. And, yeah. you know, I like what you did with that. Okay, Falcons and Texans. I think it's going to be Joe Brady and Eric Bieniemy. Either one could go either way. I think more likely Falcons end up with Joe Brady and Texans end up with Eric Bieniemy. Ooh. I, I like that. Flipped. I'd have flipped. Um, I think Bieniemy. I don't know, something about Biennemi and the Atlanta culture. I feel like him in Falcons gear just really fits as a head yeah. coach. I feel like that looks snug on him. That's where his first interview was. I think as soon as the Falcons, their Week 17 game ended, I think he was their first call, was Eric Biennemi. And I think he was the favorite off the bat, but I think the Texans have emerged um, I mean, consideration. And you have the tie with Eric Biennemi with a similar player to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who I think they're going to try to keep there. But see, this is where I think it changes. I think Deshaun Watson's done. And I think even if you bring in the enemy and you get it, it's just Andre Johnson and, you know, Hopkins chirping in and just seeing, like, I, I like J.J. Watt at the end of, you know, yeah. the, you see, I'm sorry we wasted one of your years, man. Yeah. Now that's, he's also, I'm sure he's thinking about this a lot already before, but it's in his head, you know, like, how, how many years am I going to waste being a Texan when right. I got every franchise that wants me, almost, Chargers don't need you, but almost <laughs> every franchise that wants me, you know, like, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? So I, I think that's almost, um, this one hurts, but uh, James Harden situation. <laughs> I think he's, I think Houston's just in the tank right now. I think Bienemy might be the guy to make Deshaun Watson happy to be there because he, 
Watson wanted more input and participation in who they were going to hire. And I think the enemy, something tells me he might have been at the top of Watson's list. So if they can come in late and, and bring in the enemy, I think that might uh, salvage some relationship there. So that leaves us I'm, with the Chargers. And I think it's Brian Dable. Man, I agree with almost all your picks. We're going to have to put with a pokey bet on that uh, <laughs> Texans. Because I, I, I think we got that switch. But other than that, man, you're rock solid. And I think we're going the Dabble route. And I'm ready for the Dabble era. Yep. Let's get it. Let's get some so championship. Here, here's my thing with uh, the bald-headed bearded man. Oh. All season I was saying, I just want a guy with winning culture. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Winning culture. And out of everyone on okay. this list, I think that Dable has the best winning culture out of everyone. Five Super Bowl rings in New England. He also has the national championship at Alabama. He's shown that he can take a raw talent in Josh Allen and turn him into an MVP candidate. Just imagine what he could do with Justin Herbert, who's already at a way higher level than Josh Allen was his rookie year. Um, you also already have him winning playoff games, which I think is a great sign. I think that that the Bills are going to move on. I think they're going to beat the Ravens this next weekend, move on to the championship game, which will really solidify him as the top candidate, I think. And we also have the connection with Tom Telesco. And I think when the GM and the head coach are on the same page and you have the quarterback right, I think that's the perfect recipe for a Super Bowl. It's like milk and cookies, man. It they is. just go together so well, man. I think it's the perfect fit. And I didn't even know who this guy was six months ago. but I, really... I, I didn't. I did not <laughs> know who he was, man. I did not know who the guy was. The The New England thing, always uh, one of those NFL curses. But I, I think the guy's just kind of different. I like the demeanor, the way he carries himself. The candidates that I would be okay with, my top four are probably... Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy, Joe Brady, and Robert Sala. I think those are my yeah. top four because I, I don't think Urban Meyer is really on the table. I think it's Jags mm-hmm. or nothing for him. And I, I like Joe Brady a lot too. It's The only thing is the, the hoorah factor. I don't know if he has it. Robert Sala, I like him a lot, <laughs> but I would honestly prefer to keep Robert Sala as a defensive coordinator. I think in a perfect world, he's he's a team's defensive coordinator. Man, my... The world would just be perfect if we got Brian Dabble and then Robert Salas signed on exactly. as our defensive coordinator. And we keep Pep Hamilton I, as offensive coordinator. Man. And there's no pollution in the world. <laughs> there's no crime either. The Chargers go on to win seven Super Bowls. Yeah. Life is perfect, man. This is all I wanted. So it's looking pretty good. We should know in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think the favorites are going to emerge. I think that Brian Dable is already the favorite, and I think that's why other teams aren't interviewing him. They kind of know he's going to end up with the Bolts. Um, I think we, they're going to go AFC Championship. They're going to lose, and they're going to you know come to Dable and be like, listen, you just lost in the AFC Championship. Let's get a ring. Yeah. Let's come back. We play against the Chiefs twice a year. Yep. You can scheme up, you just come them. back. Yeah, you know, you got everything you need. See how they work. Come back with our mastermind quarterback, Justin Flo Herbert, because I know the flow's coming back. <laughs> I believe in it. It's got to, man. If it doesn't, I might go on strike. Okay. But other than that, <laughs> but I think I think it's gonna mesh well and it's just like the river, man. It's just flowing the right way. Yep, I like it. My last thing, how many times have you voted for Justin Herbert to be rookie of the year so far? 
I said we not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Marcus Peters. No, every week, man. I'm just trying to vote for that guy every week possible that I can. You know? Everyone listening, been... we need you to get on. Get on the link. You can vote. Hit refresh. Vote again. Mm-hmm. Hit refresh. Vote again. Do it when you're sitting on the toilet. Do it while you're waiting in line. That's what has to be done. I was we, trying we to get into the Pro Bowl, man. I was trying to get into Pro Bowl bad. I, I, was, I was sitting there, you know, late at night, couldn't sleep. If I uh, just not got to vote Justin Herbert, man. You'll you sleep. Know? You will all sleep better if Justin Herbert wins Rookie of the Year. So it's in your best interest to just vote a hundred times now. Yeah, just keep voting. Keep <laughs> voting. That's my Roy. <laughs> yep, that's it. All right, man. Good episode. It's gonna be an interesting ride with the head coach. I don't think I've ever been as invested in the head coaching search as I am right uh, now. I'm looking at all the candidates. <laughs> I'm digging deep on all of them. I'm checking their backgrounds. I'm everything. I'm it's, into it. It's like getting in a future relationship, man. You, you gotta, you gotta know. We're, we're almost love gurus here now, man. We're doing the relationship football comparisons. Yeah. <laughs> We're preparing them all. So we'll see how accurate our picks are. Alright, thanks for being on Delaf. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Thanks again for listening to My Wife Hates Sports. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. Also, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Sports underscore. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.